Welcome to episode two of the podcast. Teach Tech Talk. With Mr. H and mm. Mr. T. And uh, we're back with another episode looking at five tech tips for teachers. So we've both gone away over the last week, had a little think about if we could only have five things that we could recommend teachers in terms of getting more involved with technology, what they can use, what would they be. The way we're going to do it is Mr. H will give one, I'll give one, we'll discuss it and then I think we should have a, a five, a ranking. Yeah, we'll do a top five. Top then. five, so yeah. we'll mix them together and we'll decide the top five that you can do. I think at the end after that we're going to look at, we'll have a little chat about WWDC and um, I think we've both been a bit risky and put <laughs> de- developer beta ones on our, on our actual iPhones. I'm so. teaching towards beta, the beta software for my MacBook as well. Not totally plunge just yet. Right, so should we start then? Top five tech tips. You give me your first one and I'll give my first one. Yeah, so uh, this is one that I stumbled across just because I was having a mooch about on Apple's website. Something that they call Apple Teacher Accreditation. What it is, is you do not, uh, you answer basically just a load of online questions about hardware specific and software specific tools to, to help kind of with projects and stuff um, in school. I've just said it again. Um. One of the criticisms last week was <laughs> from, from Mr. T was that I said erm a lot. So I think we both say erm quite a lot. I'm gonna try my hardest to erm. <laughs> Get rid <laughs> not, of it. To not do it. Anyway, Apple teacher accreditation. Uh, you answer a lot of questions about the software that runs on Apple's hardware, how you would use that in a classroom setting what happens is you get accredited as an Apple teacher. It's for Mac and for iPad. And if you just Google Apple teacher accreditation, it's uh, probably going to be top hit. It's something that you can add to your CV. It only takes, what, a day? Do they have to do any, I mean, I've done it as well, but for people listening, do they have to do any training to actually go and answer the questions? Or if you're already tech savvy with Apple, would you know them anyway? Well, I, I did it without any training because I, I kind of know most of the apps inside now. If you go on it and you start struggling, yeah, probably yeah. pick an iPad up or pick a MacBook up, uh, and you, you know, you'll you'll soon be able to answer the questions. Yeah. It's just, if anything, it's really good for giving you ideas of what to do and how to use tech in the classroom. It might not need be an iPad or a Mac, yeah, but it's the ideas that are behind it. So I think one of them was create some kind of musical interlude to put into a, a keynote presentation for example yeah to make it and more it's engaging kind of, it, yeah to, it's kind of that integrated learning of using software to complement software to come out with a more engaging engaging final product i think it, it well that that thing from from my perspective because we've both done the the apple accreditation it worked i think it works a lot better if like for example your school are using apple thing apple software and hardware so i know like my school don't really at the moment. Mm. I know you have some iPads, don't you, at your school? So yeah, whether you would use... iPad 2s. Yeah, yeah, old school iPads that... Shouldn't be. Yeah, shouldn't be around <laughs> anymore. But I think, I, I mean, my, my choice for number one is actually very along very similar lines. Although I've gone with my number one tech tip is Google certification. So Google um, Education, do a, do a, a pretty intense um, exam 
based on using Google's teching schools as well. Now, the reason I chose this over something like Apple is because obviously any school with an internet connection can use Google products. So you can use Google Docs, Google, Google Drive, Google Calendar, all that sort of thing. The training though and the exam is a lot more involved than the Apple one. So for example, I mean, you can, if, you, if, you, if you're used to using Google products, you can do it without, without so doing the training. Apple one, isn't it? Although the exam is a lot better because what it does is, I don't know if, you, if, if you've, you've seen it, but it sets you up your own Google Drive that's like for you, for you as an examiner, for you as a student. Mm. And then what it does is it gives you scenarios you have to go and do. So it says, look, go into the Google Drive, find, find the, ex, the Google, what is it called Google? The Excel, Google Numbers. Sheets. Sheets. Uh, find the Google Sheets. and uh, resident Google. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm an expert here. Uh, find the Google Sheets titled like history exam results, go in, make a comment on it and tag this person in it. You've got to do all these different things and then you send it all off at the end. It takes a few days, but it obviously gets looked at by someone and then you get your certification. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the amount of stuff you've got to do, there's no way they could do it automatically. It's things like go into your Google Calendar and create an event called Revision 101. Invite these students in and this teacher as a co-creator of it all and then attach this Google document to it. So I think someone potentially goes and looks in because it takes a few days for it to come back and say whether you're passed or not. Mm, if it was automated, you'd think they'd just do it. Yeah. Um, but it, it costs. That one costs. How much is it? And like a tenner. I think it's about a tenner. Per Maybe, Per, just for that certification yeah. and then there's two levels of it so certification one certification two if you want to do it you can go and just do it online if you search for google uh, i think it's google educator certification level one and there's all the free training loads of videos people have already done it that sort of thing but i i think that one although i like you love apple i think that's probably more useful just because more schools would probably be on board with yeah. being able to jump into google rather than having to buy all the apple stuff into you yeah. yeah i, I agree um, apple hardware is very expensive and the management of it is a bit of a, a pain sometimes these days you can get a chromebook for like 199 quid no, i know they're not good who but wants a chromebook if you want if you want if you want to get your kids all on something that rather than a computer get them a slate and a chart <laughs> That'd be better than that. Right, who do you reckon wins out of that one? Uh, if you have to choose one out of those. Or we're rounding up five at the end. We'll round up five at yeah. the end. Right, go on, you're number two. Number two. Uh, the Computing at Schools organisation is uh, really, it's a really great organisation, especially if you're looking at computer science or if you're responsible for computing in your school. Uh, sign up to it. CES. It's CAS, yeah. yeah. CAS. I've we'll, we'll, we'll link everything there. in the description yeah. below. So yeah. anything we talked about will be linked down below. Yeah, so sign up to that, you get forums, you get support, you get resources, um, you get course invitations yeah. and stuff like that. Obviously, think, at the moment, they'll be, they just, I think the virtual ones that they're running, but it's, um, yeah. I've been to a couple of things run by CAS. It was like a, a Microsoft conference yeah. last year, and it was really good, a good opportunity to network with people and steal ideas and yeah. share ideas and things like that i've used quite a lot of the resources from cast actually i remember on uh, when we when i was training and we did a, a binary lesson yeah and i, I and i actually stole not binary logic gates and i stole it from i stole it from mr d yeah from mr d on it david we stole it from him but it was they, someone put up a really really good logic gate lesson that was to do with the simpsons yeah and it was things like maggie will only go to the party if homer and marge are going yeah. so it was really engaging resources that you yeah. can get for free off there so yeah massively rave about that it's, it's a really good resource that if you're not already you should be tapping into especially if you're at like nqt yeah. level uh, but all the way up to head of department head of faculty because 
there's stuff on there about schemes of learning, yeah. um, you know, curriculum development and all that at the forefront of discussions at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Any more? Or do you want me to do mine? No, if you go onto the computer at school website, I think, you know. We'll link it again, won't we, below yeah. for people who want to go it's to it. Self -explanatory. It's a great tool. It's free in the main, you know, get on it. My number two is something that I've, I've used it because you were at my training school, so I, I used a lot of things that you kind of showed me, but my number two is net support for managing classrooms. Now, I know this runs mainly for IT computer science teachers because you're the ones who are going to have computers being used every week, every lesson, sorry, but it's been a lifesaver for me in, ter in terms of like, I don't, I mean, I'm a teacher, you know, and you, you know, I didn't get criticised for it, but in one of my observations, I got told I move around too much. Like, I like going around the classroom anyway, but... If I don't, I can monitor what everyone's got on the computers using NetSupport. So it's like a little, it's a tool that lets you see exactly who's logged on, what they're on at the moment. You can look at what they what they're actually typing in. You can control their screen. So it's good for we've used it for getting someone's work up using NetSupport and then showing it on the screen to show people what they've been doing right or they've been doing wrong. I I couldn't imagine being in a classroom full of computers and not using something like NetSupport. Or there are other ones out there like Impero and you, stuff like that. You'd be surprised the amount of teachers who aren't normally in a computer. Yeah. You walk through and they say, "Oh, how do you? Is there a way of seeing the screens and seeing what they're on?" You you show them. Yeah. And it blows the head off. Yeah. And Things like, like being able to block websites. Yeah. Like we, we all the time you can just if someone's messing about on a game instead of making a massive deal out of it and 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 blowing it up into something it shouldn't be. Straight onto Netsport, block that URL all the time. But one of my favourites is to just freeze the screen and then get up <laughs> from my desk and, and try and click it off. Let them sweat a little bit, yeah. And you see the sheer panic fall over them. It, it just it just saves it, like you said, oh, yeah. blowing up into something it's not. And it's one of them. Like I, I used to use it all the time, with, especially year seven when the when the first in is that you know anything, absolutely anything you type into that computer is recorded, logged. We can see it. You know, not trying to scare you, but just basically don't be silly. Don't put anything that you shouldn't be putting in. And that's what things like NetSport and Impero let me do. You're, you're on Impero. I've not used it fully yet, no, but... Having used both of them, they're both, both very good. One is dreadful, though. And Impero <laughs> is... I'm sorry, Impero guys, but if you're listening... They won't sponsor us. No, you have to rely on NetSupport. <laughs> But that, that support, honestly, mate, is, yeah. is miles. Ahead. I think that's something I'm going to try and go with. It's just like you know, people don't realise it, and I think as well, you might you might think that people who are are, are absolutely like at the top of the game in terms of teaching still don't realise it. So we were having a, I was having a discussion yesterday about the way my room's going to be laid out. The head teacher came over and was like, "Oh, this so this is these are the desks you're having. This is the way it's being laid out." So the only issue is you're in this corner. You're not really going to be able to see what they're on in the back right corner. I was like, what do you mean? He was like, well, if you sat down, you, they could be on anything. And I was like, well, we'll just use, I'll just use Imperial to look at what they're looking at. He was like, oh yeah, I forgot we even had that. He forgot that they had it and yeah. used it. And I think people, you know, there's, there's, there's so much you can you can use for that. But I'm going to stop raving about that because we've gone on about it for ages. But just on that, I remember one of my very first observations, I had students work on a carousel on the board. Yeah. A bit of my feedback for what that, for that particular lesson was, doesn't give students... The opportunity to be off task because at any yeah. given second their work their screen that's show me how you do that because i don't know how you do that he's going to be on the board so it's just a really good behavior management tool definitely want to use that. if you open an hour in between the two my preference would be net support i've only used net support so it's a little bit more expensive but you get what you pay for boss right number Next three one, ar and vr really i've used this a little bit in my old school i've not really used it 
think it was a bit when I was a bit more keen. <laughs> you're long in the tooth now, aren't you? How yeah. old are you? 50. <laughs> Nearly. <laughs> I really like, I think there's going to be a massive resurgence, especially when Google, when Apple releases yeah. glasses. Um, there's a LiDAR scanner on the iPad now. There's going to be a LiDAR scanner on the uh, on the new phones, phones yeah. uh, whenever they uh, decide to show up. I think some of the stuff that you can do with AR is really good. Now, I teach media studies as well, and an example of me using AR in the classroom to engage students was one of the set texts for media studies that they had to study with Pokemon Go. Right, okay. So we did, some of them hadn't used it, some of them loved it, some of them were uh, on the fence about it. In order to get that deeper understanding of how the games work, why it appealed to audiences, this, that and the other, we went out on the field <laughs> around school and we played Pokemon Go. Yeah, see, that would um, be ace. And the, the kids were just looking forward to that lesson for about two weeks yeah. before, and, and they were buzzing after it. And, it, you know, it's something that really stuck. How easy, them. sorry to interrupt, but people might be thinking, how easy is it for someone, let's say you've got a history teacher mm. who's not really, there, like, you know, has an iPhone, has used iPads with the class every now and again, but how, or, or being into a computer room quite a lot, how easy is it for them to make use of something like VR or AR now? <laughs> if they were to go back in September and yeah. think, I want to do it. There's loads of different tools because one of the benefits of the technology that we have at our fingertips now is that you can become your own author. Ebooks are a really good way of integrating AR or VR because you can make a textbook that the students can read on their iPads or mm -hmm. on their phones, or it doesn't have to be an iPad. You can add AR to that textbook yeah. now. Now, how would they do it? Well, they'd probably need to do the yeah, homework yeah. on it like yeah. anything else. But there's loads of tutorials online yeah, yeah. that I looked at. And one, one example was different stages of weather cycles. And the, the, there was all the, the theory on it and the, and the knowledge in the textbook. And the students were able to, were able to touch something. It was an element in, yeah. the, in the book. And it opened up the camera. And there was AR elements all yeah. over the screen, and the kids were interacting with it. Unbelievable. I think it's going to be the future, in it. It's just yeah. whether you. I mean, we would 100% take the risk of having a go at it. I think the thing that's another thing in teaching, isn't it. As being someone who's just done my training year, you're always told take a risk, like take risks with 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 teaching and stuff like that. I know the school I'm at. I don't think I've told you this. Everyone gets this A4 Joker card, and basically what happens is. They don't have formal observations as such. They're just, it's open door policy. So mm. SLT are constantly roaming the corridors. They might just bob into your lesson for five minutes and, you know, have a look, that's it. But they have this thing called the Joker card and you stick it on your door and they know, right, this lesson, they're trying something. Right. If it goes wrong and I walk in and it's chaos, yeah. it's fine because they're trying something yeah. new and want them to try things. So I think with things like that, you've just got to try it. I, we did something like that at a previous school of mine and it was a star that you stuck on your door. Yeah. And it was like, yeah experimentation experimentation territory yeah, yeah don't yeah. judge but no I, I think that's good and that should be encouraged i agree definitely right next one my number three oh, sorry. we're not done your number my three. number three i'll be really quickly with it. i'll be really quick with this one because it is quite hardware specific but um ipad and apple tv combination in the um, classroom i i mean before i was teaching i, I used obviously mirroring an airplay all the time for things like putting my phone on the tv and putting my ipad on the tv if i was showing stuff off or even Mac, it doesn't even have to be an iPad really, just using an Apple TV in your classroom. I think it's, it's ace. There's been loads of occasions where, for example, we were, you know, kids were doing some work in OneNote and you wanted to show it on the screen. Now you can do it with net support or 
get it on your iPad and literally airplay it straight away, seamless, have a look around it, show people. I know teachers using visualizers more and more for things like that, but if you want to get more onto like something that's technology based and use your iPad for that sort of stuff. Yeah. I remember watching one of Mr. H's lessons, it was on app development. And the intro to it was you got your phone out, yeah. streamed it to the board, went on the app store, had a little look through the apps that were on there, and the kids loved it because it was like, I think they loved it mainly because it was, ooh, it's a teacher. Sir's on his phone. Yes, yeah, sir's on his phone. Let's have a look what he's got on his phone. But I think as well, it keeps them engaged because it's what they're doing when they go home. They go home, they go on the phones, run the app it. store. And rather than just talking about it and showing them a picture of an app on the board, get them on it. I think you showed them your, um, was it your app for your car? Yeah, yeah. And stuff like that. So we're just looking at different apps. And I think for me, being able to have that ability to not worry about the technical issues of plugging in a HDMI or is it going to work with this, you know, just get an Apple yeah. TV and you can stream stuff to it straight away. In our school, they did a lot of assemblies like that. Did they? Yeah. Less so now because I think different people do different assemblies who don't know how to use it, maybe. So, yeah, it's really good as well for um, going around the class, have the, phone, the camera app open yeah. on your iPad. It's, it's a live feed to yeah. the board, so students don't have to get up, they don't have to look. And then what you can do is take a picture, Apple Pencil, annotate yeah. it, I love freeze the board. You've got a really good example of feedback for the the, the, the others can work on. Yeah, and it's like it's, it's just more engaging, isn't it? It's like, would you rather be have your teacher come over, get it up on the board, mark it, and see that, or would you rather collect your book in and get some marking back two weeks later that means yeah. absolutely nothing? You know, get it done there and then, and that them sort of things. That that Apple TV and that sort of thing help you do that. Right, we move on. Number four, go on. Um, so I put Office or Google, depending on your flavour. The forms for posting feedback. Especially Please prevalent. log in through the Google Home app. <laughs> Is that your Google Home? Yeah. You said okay, Google. Uh, I said well, Google. That would be funny. I said oh. Google, didn't I? Uh, there oh. we go. Always listening. I said the other day. I said I you might do it now actually. I'm feeling ill. Oh, it's mugged you off. Well, it did it. It started ringing the hospital at 999. <laughs> Honestly, that's not, no word of a lie. It was listening to me. Anyway, that's a different God. story for a different day. Office or the G forms, I think they're called. Google Look forms, at, yeah. Try not to say Google because oh, that'll yeah. kick off again. We'll say G. <laughs> <laughs> um, really good. It's, it's helped me out massively in the current circumstances. Students are able to answer multiple choice questions. The key is here that your multiple choice questions need to be challenging. Yeah, um, not can't... one right answer and three obvious wrong ones. Yeah, like there's, there's a whole science on it, a whole action yeah. research project on it last year about how to construct meaningful, purposeful, multiple choice questions. So they need to be right. Once you've got them right, it's, it's a really good way of... Getting... How, do, how do people get on so to doing something like that? You could use Office 365, you could use uh, Google Classrooms, you could use... I'm sure there's others. If you build your own website, you could probably yeah, do it like yeah, that. Yeah. Well, that, that way as well, you could. It's just I think it, I think the benefit to doing it with Office three six five or Google is that, for example, you could at the click of a button, you can export everyone's um, scores and, and answers into a yeah. sheet, can't you? Yeah. Like that, it's so. this idea of instant feedback, not dwelling on it, yeah. and then giving it back maybe a week later when they don't care. Yeah, and it yeah, essentially. Basically. Also, it's really good for and my school. Of, kind of champion this after I delivered some training on it. Just either pupil, feed, uh, pupil voice, uh, parental voice. Yeah. If there's an event on, like a training event, sending out an invitation. If staff are interested, they can fill in what they're interested in. You used it for feedback on you, didn't you, with other teachers? Yeah. yeah so I got I, a Microsoft I, thing back, didn't I? I yeah, that. I remember, yeah. yeah. I was going through Upper One uh, last year, so I was 
kind of collating evidence. Yeah. So uh, anybody that I'd worked with, training-wise or anything that would contribute to Upper One, I got them to just fill in a, an office form and it just slashes your workload. Yeah. My number four is quite similar in that it's not necessarily just at Google Forms or Microsoft Forms, but that's part of it in that I think just committing to maybe, you know, even just trying it with one class, but committing to trying to go paperless to see what, what, yeah. you, what well, your feelings I, are. I, I kind of did that with one yeah. last year, yeah. doing reaction research, and kids love it. Yeah, paperless is so good. But I they, think they love it and they don't because they can't lose their homework. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah there's, no, there's no way they can go, oh, that made me the dog at <laughs> that sheet. <laughs> but yeah, going going paperless, I think, is massive. And I think now, especially, I know we talked about it last week, but especially with coronavirus and all that sort of thing and touch points with books and things, more and more schools are going to want to be doing it, you know, having things on the computer. I just find it so much easier to edit, find things, mark things using my iPad. Yeah. Like when we were submitting things for book looks that like we talked about, straight away, there's a link to everyone you need to look yeah. at. I look at it however you want. You're not, I can't, we, we talked about it before we started recording. Seeing teachers walking out of school with like um, bags for life, bags for life, full of books that are just like dog-eared. They've got pieces of paper falling out of them, and I just look at people and be like, "What are you doing?" And I think as well, when I was at when I was at your school training, I remember I turned up. I was attached to a year seven form, and I turned up to a year seven team meeting. The person who was running it was a bit late, so I was sat down. I had my iPad out. I was like, you know what? I can get a little bit of marking done in these 10, 15 minutes. I sat there marking this, these, these students' work. There was an English teacher sat next to me. And she was like, what's that? I was like, what do you mean? She was like, what are you doing? I was like, well, I'm marking work on my iPad. And she was like, how do you do that? I was like, well, the kids just use OneNote. Blah, blah, This yeah. is how you do it. She's like, oh, I could never do that. But, they could, but then I know they could. They could and, the facilities are there. I know, and they moan, and, and I don't think she was necessarily moaning about it, but a lot of teachers, you know, have this thing about the amount of feedback and marking they've got to do, and, you know, it just it feels like it takes forever, and, and I'm just like, you can reduce, like you said, it helps reduce. One of the main reasons I would do it is it reduces your workload. And I, I, again, I was saying before we came on, not that I found it easy, but the training year is not being as intense as people made it out mm. it would be, and I think a lot of that is because of, the way that well the marking policies but the way that we've done it in doing it online and doing it on your iPad I think the worst the worst thing anybody can say to like an NQT or a member of staff who's established is work hard work smarter not harder now that's fine yeah. but it doesn't really explain how you do it how you do it yeah. and I think I don't think that's very supportive so what we're kind of get across here today is you know these these are tools that we've used ourselves yeah. that have helped us work yeah. smarter to and work I think for example, using an iPad or, or whatever for, to put work on the board, it might only save you a few minutes a lesson, but when you add that up over a month, you know, a few minutes every lesson doing that same thing, or, you know, going paperless will, might save you half an hour on your marking, but doing that every week, you get so much time back and you just don't feel like you're so so bogged down with, like, school stuff. Um, so that's why I put... Paperless. There's nothing worse. One of my biggest kind of barriers to the whole idea of marking was carrying that big yeah, exactly. box of stuff. I had in and out when it's raining. Yeah. And I had, there, was, there was someone at my second training school who had one of them trolleys. Oh no. You know, like a, a box trolley. And I was like, what's that for? She was like, oh, I'll be marking. I was like, why? You can put all that on your computer. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, right, last one. I think we've both gone for the same thing. Yeah, video tutorials. Video tutorials. So, I'll let you say. The way we do it at my school, we, we screen record our computers and talk the students through the tasks that they're given on OneNote. Yeah. 
to have like a worksheet on OneNote. They'll have a series of tasks. They can attempt them themselves after a bit of spiel off me, or they can watch the video that leads to it. So yeah. they're supported, they're scaffolded. Slowly, they work their way through, I don't know, let's say there's five tasks on there that yeah. are video supported. We then look at things called challenge tasks, which yeah. is the same skill, that they've done in the past five tasks, but they then have to do it themselves and apply it. With, well, they can use the video. Is it not, it won't, hang on a minute, is it not take it further? Take or have you got rid of take it further now? Because yeah, I use sorry, that for everything take, now. Take, yeah, take, no, it's take don't like the word so, challenge, do we? Yeah, because that would suggest that challenge... All your other stuff wasn't challenging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Sorry, <laughs> apologies. Take it further. Take it further. So take it further tasks after the initial tasks, allow them to tap into that knowledge they've built yeah. with the videos and the beauty of it is your scaffolding comes in because they can rewatch, pause, yeah. slow down yeah. the videos and then just transfer skills, yeah. which is a, ma- a skill in itself, being able to transfer skills. The beauty of it is you can then upload them to, if your school's got a YouTube channel, yeah. your department's got a YouTube channel, or if you've got a department website, you can just um, encourage flip learning because yeah. students are always on the phone. You can make them so that they fit on a phone, you know. It's, yeah. I, I, I think it's massive and yeah. I always say and my head of department will he, he kind of said this as well if I was about to uh, build a table yeah never done it before yeah I'd go and search up on YouTube yeah the teacher I always I always got taught you know it's not it sounds really like highbrow but you're not supposed to stand there and and deliver this is what you should be doing this is how you do it mm-hmm. you meant to be like more of a facilitator aren't you Absolutely. so let them go and discover and I think the more you do it the earlier on as well like we, I had this thing when I was training that year sevens would, were on one note but a lot of them had no idea how to get on one note and it'd be like right everyone are you, my first couple of lessons with them it was like right everyone get up you need to click on google you need to click on this you need to click on that put in your email put in, and I got fed up of doing it because I was wasting five ten minutes out of every lesson so I made a little looping screen record so as soon as they come in bang it's on the on the board get on one note you figure it out by looking at the video and eventually after a couple more lessons then you had to do it I could take it away yeah I could take it away and I just feel like with my with the the role obviously I'm taking at at this school now I've been able to kind of base my a lot of the content on that so you know we do they do game development app development that sort of thing you know Python at year nine and it's there's videos accompanying every lesson so that I can deliver some lesson you know like maybe 15 20 minutes of what we're going to do they can go and attempt something and if they need help don't shove your hand up and, and ask me to come over and basically tell you what it is watch the video first I think one thing your school did that I'm going to copy as well is that you made it part of their equipment that they had to have headphones yeah so that they could well, watch you, these videos you make it part of the equipment or provide it yourself but that yeah. proves expensive and they yeah like pull the part and yeah, yeah, yeah. Of what I would add to that as well is if you've got a long time staff absence in your department and you get a supplier in who's yeah. maybe not necessarily computer science based or yeah, tech based you know you could just say well here's the video packs you can watch them yourself and do yeah. your tasks and worst case scenario just facilitate it for the yeah. kids and the, the, the kids can look at them themselves I know it's not an ideal situation, but it's better than someone yeah. telling them the wrong information in my yeah, For people who've never done it before, it's dead easy. You know, like most Windows computers have it built in, Macs have it built in, but I would recommend Do Windows one. computers have it built in? I'm sure they do. They don't. I'm sure they don't. Do they not? No. They have the, they've only what just you got the keyboard shortcut to do yeah. like a screenshot. On a Mac, I use QuickTime. Yeah. Um, it's free, it's built into the Mac. Dead yeah. easy. And obviously, the, because of the hardware, the sound quality is better. Yeah. However, on a PC, we had to um, buy in a piece of software yeah. 
called Snag It. That Again, it. we'll link it, link it in it. the description. However, it's clunky that. I would you I found recently one called Loom, which is really good. Ah, free yeah. for teachers. So the pro version is free for teachers. It records your screen, but also if you want it to, you don't have to, but it can record your webcam as well. So you can actually be talking while showing them things and it shows you the pointer on the screen and you can draw on it. It automatically then uploads that to Loom's website and it's your own link that you can yeah yeah basically it's your own link that you can send out with a password or you're free to download the video no watermark or anything like that and that's what we're going to be using i think at, um, is that only free for the time being though? because it's i think it's just free for education that's, no that's amazing. i just made that's it free that's so why i've signed up and i've tried to get as many people as possible in my yeah it is good right so that's the five over with but we have to well there's Should ten we, we need to rank well we need to just choose five so apple teacher versus google certification i think because it's free, it takes a lot less time, and it gives you some really cracking ideas. Yeah. Apple. Yeah. See, I think the actual out the problem with that is you have to have Apple stuff, and not everyone has. Well, that's what I'm saying. The ideas it gives you the ideas. Yeah. Because you can create music in a piece of software that runs yeah, on Windows. Yeah, true. You can add it to a PowerPoint that runs on Windows. But the yeah. ideas are there. I'll let you have that one. But <laughs> I'm having number two next. But oh god, yeah, I, I, I could cast. not. Dude, I, could not yeah. use, I could not do my job about it. It's, it's, it's amazing. Um, although CAS is really good. <laughs> it's just the yeah, necessary. Yeah. Like, CAS is quite specific to our subject, isn't it? Whereas yeah. I think Unless they're going to come in from CAS and manage every kid's behaviour. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to pick support over them. <laughs> Number three, AR and VR or iPad and Apple TV? iPad and Apple TV, I think. There you go. Another one for me. However, AR works on an iPad, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, true. <laughs> so and then number four and number five, we've got the same anyway, haven't we? Like paperless, but with Google or Office Forms. Yeah, I suppose that's and just what, video your tutorials. what your school's geared up to, isn't it? Where Office, York, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So I think if you're a teacher that wants to get more tech savvy and start using it in your classroom, especially in the, the current climate, I think it's a good time to start doing it. You need to be looking at, maybe look at the Apple Teacher accreditation, which is free. Find out, I guarantee majority of schools will have some form of monitoring system for the computer. So have a look what that is. If you don't, question on why you don't, because they should do really, shouldn't they? Yeah. But I would look at looking at NetSupport, have a look around it, or Imperial, whatever you use. And what you can do as well is you can deliver training on that. Yeah. So if you know how to use it, offer training out yeah, to deliver staff. some training out. They'll be really grateful. Oh yeah, they'll love it. The people who've, who've been shown it, in my experience, absolutely love it. And then fourth, Oh, third, iPad and Apple TV, or Apple TV in general. It depends whether you can whether you can justify the cost. Yeah, budgets are an issue. Aren't yeah, there? Uh, but if you can, definitely try and use it as much as possible, and and look at different ways you can. Paperless system again. You, it it all depends on school policy, isn't it? But like you said, you guys trialed it, and now the whole school wants to use it. So I think even if you just want to trial it, have a look at it. Have a, have a play about, maybe try it with one class in one year group. Yeah. And I, just I, see how I, it goes. I recommend that. And t- tell people what you're doing, you know. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Let them know. I know there's sometimes a bit of a fear there of trying new things, but, yeah. you know, as long as you've got the best interest of the kids at heart. Yeah, then it, it'll. And, and if you can show results as well, so you can yeah, show absolutely. like what, why it's working better. And then, fifth one, video tutorials. Like we said, there are so, it's so easy, but even if you're struggling on how to do it, go on YouTube. And have a look at people who will teach you in three minutes mm. how to uh, screen record and talk over it and you literally you've got it there then the good thing about that is as well is just as a last reminder for it is if you make one video for this one lesson next year when that lesson comes around again it's done yeah you might have some small changes that you might want to do but it's done there so the, the time you put into it now will save you so much time in the future and that's um, that's Workload's a big issue, isn't it, in school? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, 
if you're a leader, a senior, a senior leader, if you've got a responsibility, maybe look at it. Yeah. You know, it, it, it it's a new workload. Right, I think we've got maybe five minutes left to talk what about. We're on, here? We're on, on 35 minutes. 35 minutes. minutes. So I think five minutes to talk about uh, WWWWDC. I thought he was going to say WWF then. WWF. So, obviously on Monday, was yeah, it? Yeah, Monday, 6 Thursday o'clock. today, <laughs> on Monday at 6 o'clock, we FaceTimed for about, how long was it, two and a half hours? Yeah, it was. Two and a half hours to watch Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference where they announced like a bunch of, of new features and obviously the main thing was them transitioning to their own silicon chips and moving away from Intel. But we were just going to have a little discussion about what you think about it. So we'll talk about iOS 14 first. Yeah, we both you did it, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I took the plunge and, and downloaded it. Basically, for people who don't, because there'll be people who are listening who probably don't really yeah. even understand, not understand, but will never have delved in this. Basically, obviously every year Apple updates its operating system on its phones. That usually happens around September time, but what they'll do is in June, after the conference, they'll re- straight away release the, the first developer beta. So technically you're supposed to be a developer, a developer with a registered account, but there is a website, betaprofiles.com, essentially allows you access. You install a profile on your phone or on your device, you search download. for an update, and then it you know, that's your update to the latest base software. It's not really recommended, is it? Because no. there are usually quite a lot of bugs. So you might have, a, I think you said last year there was a bug where it deleted everyone's iCloud information. Not everybody. It's very, it's very device specific. Well, not yeah. device specific, but uh, user case. Depends circumstances yeah. on there. But we've had no issues whatsoever, have we? I've had one issue. We Google Nest. Some of the, <laughs> some of the text has turned to Chinese. <laughs> I don't know what book that is. It's still in the same place. Yeah. So muscle memory allows me to use it still. What do you think about it as an operating system? Uh, it's brilliant. I bumped yeah. into my car yesterday on yeah. way to Stoke. And Bridge now, the background. yeah, there's a wallpaper yeah, on there. It's, uh, and my mate said, oh, hang on a minute. Have, have you got a wallpaper on there? Yeah, he's, he's got CarPlay as well. Yeah. Blew his mind. Yeah, I like the, the triple tap on the back. But yeah. Mine keeps going off. Yeah, mine does as well. Um, I put it, the phone down during this podcast then and it took a screenshot. Yeah, so you just, I think um, that suss that out. Yeah, they? but that's good because that's a new thing. A lot of thing people, things that people were saying was that they were copying off Android, which they are. But as you said, and as I've said, they're probably always late, but always better. So yeah, they could have done widgets five years ago, but the widgets that they do now are a lot, I think already are a lot better than the Android ones. And that's smart stack. So basically they've introduced widgets on your home screen and you can stack them together and it will learn about what you're looking at at certain points in the day. So it might be that you wake up in the morning, usually you read the news. So your news widget will show, but then later on in the day, you might want your calendar ups and your calendar widget shows and it will yeah. learn what you're doing. So I think that's really good. I can't quite get the layout on yeah. that I like yet. I've got yeah. two widgets and then the rest apps and a folder, but I, I'm not sure. I need to have a mess around with it. Yeah. Um, Mac OS. Big, Big Sur. The Big Sur. The Big Sur. The ma- I think because we're not American, Big Sur for us is the maddest name ever. But it is a mountain <laughs> range, isn't it, in well, California? Well, look, everybody kicked off about um, Yosemite, didn't they? Yeah. Like Yosemite and all the, yeah. all the rest of it. I think it's just because we're, we're not American. No. It's like them calling it Mac OS Snowden. It's all <laughs> right for us, isn't it? Mac OS St. Helens. Yeah, I must say, I like the overall, there's a lot of design changes in it. I like the overall design changes of, of for example, the, the menu bar and the finder. And Safari looks really good now because there's some new functionality built in, but I do not like those icons. I said to I you, like I said them. earlier, I messaged you earlier, didn't I? I said, I can't decide whether I absolutely yeah. love them or I absolutely despise them. But I, I think I despise them. I think them. I like them. Do you? I think. It might be a different case when I've got it on my MacBook. I think it'll just lift. I'm just going to quickly, while you talk, show you a picture. Look at that. 
Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> There's a battery icon that looks like it's... and It looks like Apple has tried copying their own operating system. Yeah. It's turned out when, like a Huawei one. In my first school, we bought this system in that kind of... It was a bit like show my own work, but they tried to copy all of Apple's... Like, it looks like that. ...interface design. And it was like a really cheap... You could tell it was like a cheap knockoff type. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't like that. No. There's little things... But they get worked out, don't they? Yeah, skewmorphism. They get worked out, don't they? But overall, it looks like it's going to be... I like Safari, because I use Safari. I like the changes in there, the tracking, so it'll notify you now what's tracking you on websites instantly. There's new homepage. I like the control centre. Yeah, the control centre's good. But, again, I've seen people say it, and I agree. Do you not think that looks like... It looks like it should be touched. Yeah. Well, that's what all the other YouTubers are saying, aren't they? They're yeah. Gearing up for a touch Mac. You reckon? And they're all an arm touch Mac. Oh. But then that opens it up for an iPad being able to run Mac OS. Why don't they just do that anyway? Silly, isn't it, really? That's what Apple are. Silly, are. yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else stood out. I mean, obviously, there's a transition to silicon. Will you be getting a new one? I'll I'll get when they release a pro, which is probably going to be next year, that has it in, and it's had a year to for developers to bed, to bed in. And yeah, they also have a thing on there called Rosetta, don't they? Which will, yeah. it says will run. And I was watching a, I was watching a YouTuber who said that actually, when they made the the transition from PowerPC to Intel, it was a PowerPC, something like yeah, that. Yeah. before in two thousand five, that was when Rosetta One was up. Yeah. And after a few months of it being optimized, they were actually running some apps on Rosetta faster than it was on PowerPC really? because the Intel chip was so much better. So it'll be the same this time, I think. They'll start running apps because they showed a, a Tomb Raider, didn't they? Yeah, that was yeah. random Rosetta yeah. on an Intel Mac. Uh, on an ARM Mac, sorry. 1080p? Yeah, it was only 1080p, but they're not going to play games. I think it was just to show you that. Yeah. I like the fact that you'll be able to just open up any of your iOS, Mac or iPad OS apps yeah, that's and run it on your laptop. Have you seen um, that they've done a developer Mac Mini? Yeah. But it's only open to certain people. Yeah. And have you seen the other thing? It can't be replaced. And you have to pay £500 and you have to return it and get your £500 back, apparently. That's a collector's piece. You won't buy it. Know, return it, would you? But people have said it is basically just an iPad in a Mac Mini mm. in terms of power. So why have we not, why have we not got Mac OS on an iPad? I know. That's one thing they need. That's, if you're listening, Craig. What's his name? Craig. Crag. Craig. Craig. <laughs> Craig, if you're listening, Craig. Craig Federica. Um, I'm trying to think of what what other things that they introduced. Oh, there's watchOS stuff, isn't there? We both ah. have an Apple Watch, like sleep tracking and stuff. But from what I've seen, it seems quite half baked. It's like they don't really tell you whether you've been in light, heavy, REM sleep. It's ah. just how many hours you got. What's that? Oh, we might have an iOS 14 bug. I think that is. Yeah. <laughs> is your phone on silent? Yeah. Some do not disturb. So definite problem. Yeah, yeah. I just had an email through eight minutes ago and it's decided to flash my torch and ring a sound out. So yeah. Don't put um, iOS 14 beta <laughs> 1 on any of your devices if you count on them. Yeah. I think so the, the stand out here. Yeah. Right, so I think that's it, isn't it? We're done. Yeah. We're 40 done. odd minutes now. So if you've stick stuck with us for that long, then well done. Yeah. because uh, we're currently sweating in a in a, a can't wait to put the fan back on. I know, I know to get rid of the sound. But if you uh, enjoyed it, subscribe. If you're on Spotify or Apple podcast, I think we, we, we run our podcast through Anchor, don't we? So and that that 
so that um, distributes it to different podcast platforms. So we should be on Apple by the time this is I out. I keep getting notifications saying that it's now on this and it's yeah. now on that. Is yeah. Why isn't that just Apple? Because I think what happens is on uh, Anchor runs Spotify, so we can instantly put it on Spotify. Right. But it has to distribute to the other ones, and they have to accept it. Sometimes ah, okay. it can. For your first one, it can take ages. But after that, it just goes on instantly. Oh. So by the time this is out, we should hopefully be on everything. So yeah. if we're on something that whether you're listening to on Google Podcasts or Apple, make sure you like and subscribe. We also have Twitter for you to subscribe to. We'll drop that link in to the description so that you can, should, you should can we click get, on it. We had to change the Twitter handle because it didn't really make sense. Did it? Let me just find it. At Teach Tech Talk. So head over to there if you're going to follow us. And also, I think if you visit us on anchor.fm forward slash teacher tech talk, you can actually send in messages. And if you hit on sending message, you can record a little audio message oh, cool. and you can ask us questions it. and you can splice it into yeah. the actual That's podcast cool. and answer them. And if, so, well, if you need to get in touch with us, yeah. Twitter as well. Yeah, hit us up on Twitter. You can message us or just tweet us and we'll tweet back. I think next week... We're, we're looking at getting some guests on, aren't we? Yeah. Obviously, we know quite a few people in the teaching world yeah. and the tech world. So uh, look out for those. Yeah. And then, and then we'll, we'll, soon. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Yeah, nice one. In a bit.